Good morning, everyone. I do say as well as been said already, happy Father's Day to all our fathers that are in the services today. Pastor Kevin did a great job in honoring our fathers, and because of that, I want to just piggyback on what he said. You know, he's doing some piggyback, so I'm going to do a piggyback. Guess whose birthday's Tuesday? Yes, Pastor Kevin's birthday is Tuesday. And so here's what I want you to do. I want to invite you all out to Taco Tuesday to help celebrate Pastor Kevin's birthday. He is an inverted 25-year-old. So, uh, he, uh, so we'll, we'll have something, maybe a cake or something for him. Oh, he doesn't like cake. We'll have pie, all right? Hey, could some people make some pies for Tuesday? Anybody, anybody would like to make a pie? All right, you buy one? Okay, we got one pie coming. What, do I see your two pies? What kind of pies do you want? You... All right, we'll go with the cake route then. All right, we'll do a healthy cake. <laughs> a carrot cake? Uh, we'll do a salad cake. All right, so Tuesday. You come on out, we'll celebrate Kevin's birthday. It is actually on Tuesday, and he turns 52, so we congratulate him on that. So Father's Day, I'd had my father lined up to preach today. And uh, so he took off uh, something with the funeral, and which is a serious thing, but um, uh, my mother's sister passed away, and so, but he's going to return back, and um, I'm going to ask him to... Uh, if he comes back to preach next week. So if you want to come back next week, uh, my father will be preaching. I don't know if he, he might preach a Father's May message next week as well. I love being a dad. I think it's a high calling. I think it's, it's, and actually it's a calling by God to be in that position. If we, get, if we believe that God blesses the womb and he puts people in our life to raise them, I think that God has given us that calling and that position to be a father. Now, I know not everybody is called to be a father, but God has called you right where you're at, and he does have a purpose for you in your life. I love uh, talking about uh, being a father. And, and I know as, as what like uh, Michael said earlier, you know, you, this may be a sad day. Your, your dad may not uh, be alive. And uh, you miss your dad. Uh, maybe your dad wasn't a good, good father. Or maybe uh, you didn't know your dad. All those things. Or maybe that's true. And our prayer, seriously, is with you. And, and our Father God, he who is the God of all comfort, wants to comfort you if you let him in that space. Did you know that there is a special promise to those who do not have a father in their life. Psalm 68, 5, God put this in there for you. It said, the father of the fatherless. And then he goes on to say, a protector of widows is God is in his holy habitation. So there's a special promise, a special blessing for you if you do not have a father that God says, I will be in that place if you let me. And that's a special promise just for you. So this morning, I want to challenge us as fathers and grandfathers and those that are heads of our family 
to build our families with a culture of respect. I want to talk about respect this morning and building a culture of respect in our family. You know, there's a clear distinction between families who have a culture of respect and families who do not have a culture of respect. Uh, maybe a family came into your mind when you said that. It's an important question to ask us when we're talking about respect. What do we use to define what is to respect it and what is not to be respected? You see, we all respect something. There's something that we respect in a, some of you might respect for some reason the Chicago Cubs. I don't know why, but you respect them as a ball team. You know, we all have those, those people, places, and things that we have great respect for. Well, God just doesn't live or let us have that question unanswered. He guides us in it. He doesn't leave us up to like whatever culture says is respectful because culture is all over the place. Culture changes. Culture is like nailing jelly to a wall. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over. It changed. It's very fickle. What is in fashion today is not going to be in fashion tomorrow. Well, what, what our peers are, are saying or our feelings or our self-awareness, those are things that uh, we have to be careful that uh, we use those to define what is respected. My friend, there is one source that is tried and true that remains the same throughout every generation. That is to be a place that we can find what is to respect it. And of course, that is the word of God, the Bible. God makes it very clear in the scripture how we're to find who and what is to, re to be respected. God created us. And he loves us like no one else. And he knows us the best. Who is, and he is the most intelligent being in the universe. And so I think he sits in a very good place to define what is to be respected. He gives us those instructions. So let's go to the Bible. And let's look at the book of Proverbs. And let's go to chapter 14, the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at a verse in Proverbs chapter 14. We'll also look at a verse in Proverbs 13. So Proverbs 14. Now, as we turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 14, the book of Proverbs just talks a lot about respect. There are 31 verses in Proverbs, and the word is found 32 times. The word respect is found in each of those verses, and one verse is found twice. So 32 times the word respect is mentioned over and over again. And when you look at Proverbs, Proverbs talks a lot about the family unit, about the family. And so it's a great place to go. So we could say that Proverbs is a culture, has a culture of respect that underlies the book of Proverbs. It's a very good place for us to go. Also, there are other places in the Bible, you know, the word honor is found 174 times in the Bible, or to honor, it tells us what to honor. One of the verses, honor, uh, children honor the parents and the Lord, for this is right. So we're to honor. There are things that we're to honor. Now, today in our culture, in many homes that we would call, even our Christians' homes, is a dying sense of respect. A culture of respect is very little or absence in our homes, in our families. It is 
counterculture, especially when we look at the things, what the Bible says to respect and what culture says to respect. And let's be careful not to be caught up in that. And so let's be careful of this. It is in our busyness and in our fast-paced life, it is easy in this culture to run right over people who need that need to be treated with respect and to give honor. We can go so fast and so caught up with things. Socrates once wrote, he said, if I could climb the highest place in Athens, I would lift my voice and proclaim, fellow citizens, why do you turn and scrape every stone to gather wealth and take so little care of your children to whom one day you must relinquish it all? So it's no surprise that every generation must recapture this concept of respect and the right respect for the right things. So this morning, I want to talk about in three areas of how to develop a culture of respect in our families. So I'm going to give you three things. They're in your notes if you're taking notes. And, uh, and so whoever is head of your home and your family, that is important for you. If you're a, a family of one, it's important for us to get these. Building a culture of respect in our families, is, first of all, starts with a respect for God. We don't get any father passes if we don't have this respect for God. Proverbs says this. So chapter 14 and verse 2, it says, those who follow the right path fear, or that could be another word for respect, Fear the Lord or respect the Lord. In other words, those who take the wrong path despise him. It says in the latter part of that verse. So the the word fear is respect. Those who follow the right path. The message puts it this way. It says an honest life shows respect for God. So my respect for God is going to produce an honest life. So we're to respect God not just because he deserves God which he does, and not because he just said, which we should, but because it is good for us. It produces an honest life. It it does things. It, It brings us in a good environment. And listen, parents, this is important for us to have this culture of respect in our family. It is a good thing. It's good for you. It's good for your family. Respect for God is a starting point for the respect in all other relationships. I think that's so important that I'm going to repeat it. When the Bible repeats something twice or three times, it is something that he wants us to pay attention. It's like highlighting in the Bible. Respect for God is a starting point for respect in all other relationships. So how does that work? Why is that? Well, first of all, when we think of this, see, God created the world. And in the world, there is an order in our world, and there's positions of order. There's there's things that he says, okay, there's husband, there's wife, there's children, there's government. And he puts us all in order. He puts the stars and the suns. Nature is in order. Creation is all in order. People are in order. And God is the highest authority in our universe. And when we respect the highest person in authority, we are in sync with the universe, how God has created it. See, living a life in respect to God fits in his creation, the order of his creation. And people are created in God's image. And when we respect God, we give respect to his 
creation is creation. Listen, a person in rebellion to God disrespects God and cannot give respect to others. It's as simple as that. The greatest thing that you could do to bring respect into your home, if you are not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus, is giving your life and trust to God. And when you do that, when you respect what Christ has done on the cross, when you believe that and you trust that and you bring that into your heart, into your life, you're bringing God, you respect, you bring respect into your home, into your family. It's the greatest thing that you could ever do. My dad was a spiritual leader in our home. When I was growing up, you know, he demonstrated this over and over again in our life, and he taught us to respect God. He taught us several things, how to respect God. Every morning before school, five days a week before school, we had the daily bread. Some of you know the daily bread is. And, and we would sit around the breakfast table before we go to school, and we would read the scripture, and we would read the, the comments that were made from the scripture in that daily bread. And then each one of us, I had two siblings, and each one of us, all five of us, would get on our knees around our table, and we would pray. Somebody would pray, or my dad would pray, and we would pray for the day. And we would gave a, we started the day off. We started, and, and then, you know, we started every week off as a date with God, as a time set aside to God. And that was Sunday. And every Sunday, it didn't matter. And it didn't matter if we were on vacation, if we were out in the middle of somewhere in the wilderness camping. We camped a lot, and, and, and we would drive 60 miles to go and find some church, and that was an interesting thing, and going to some strange church and checking out this church and, and going there. And, and, uh, but we always uh, went to church on Sunday. We always prayed. We always, there was this, this atmosphere of respect for God that was demonstrated by my, my father. He was the spiritual leader in our home. And, and, and my mother, she also was a spiritual leader as well, but it was my father who, who took the spiritual lead in our home, and it trickled down to us as we saw him as he was the same in church as he was at home as well. He didn't have a different set of adjectives for church and different set of adjectives for when he was away from the church. He was the same as he was here and with God's people as he was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He respected and worshiped God, whether it was in a service on Sunday or it was Monday morning mowing the yard. He showed and demonstrated to us as a family that... Uh, there was respect for God. Respect starts with trusting Jesus with your soul and your life. To not trust Jesus, you are outside the kingdom of God, the very kingdom that rules the universe. You stand in a spirit of rebellion that would create a culture of disrespect in your family. Already, until you get that right, you stand in a disrespectful position against almighty God. Our creator who wants his purpose to be done here upon the earth, his kingdom to be done. Until we get that right, we stand in and out of sync with his creation, with his plan, his purpose. Dad's mom's best thing we could do for ourselves and for our family is trust Jesus with our life. 
Building a cultural respect in your family starts with respect for God. Number two, building a cultural respect in family is to give respect for the wise. And there are two points I want to make with this. But first, let me read this verse. In chapter 13 of Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, says, whoever talks with the wise, grow wise. In other words, carefully whom we spend time with. A wise speech evokes nothing but respect, as it says in chapter 14, verse 3 in the message. Wise speech evokes nothing but respect. So we have to be careful. Listen, there's two points to this. It's that first of all, as in creating this, cultiva- uh, creating this uh, uh, culture of respect in our families, is first of all, be careful who our kids hang out with. Let it be wise. Let them be spending time with that which is wise. You see, when Cindy and I had our kids at our home, we did not let them play with every person that, that came along. We wanted to make sure that they had some good people. Now, it wasn't always believers. It wasn't always Christians. But we made make sure that, that there were people that, that were good people in, in their lives. And we make sure and we screened those people that were, were with our kids. And, and when they got into the dating, we tried our best. And they snuck around. They did things and, and, and those things. But we tried our best to make sure that they had wise people in their life. We provided the right kinds of shows to watch that would give them wisdom. We provided the right kind of reading materials that helped them to be wise. <laughs> One of the most precious things that happened to me as a grandfather recently, I was, uh, you know, in, in Oregon spending a couple of weeks with my grandchildren. And, and one of the, the joys in that getting up the first thing in the morning and, and is coming up and, and getting our Bible and, you know, and having coffee. And then, and then my daughter is, is, comes there and she's reading her Bible. And then pretty soon the granddaughter, Sparrow, comes. And we get to have a Bible devotion time. We got her, got her hooked on, on the U version, you know, Bible app and doing a devotion. And her first devotion that she led uh, was, was a scripture as, was saying, nothing is too hard for God. And she started going around saying that. And she was saying it to her mother. She was saying it to her brother. And her dad came home and said, you know, the, the Bible verse is nothing is too hard for God, dad. <laughs> it's one of the cutest things. We need to make sure that our family is hanging out with wise people, wise media. The influence are wise because they will influence you and your children down a path. And we want that to be a wise path. I think the other thing that we need to talk about this is that our society, our culture is increasingly devalues the wisdom that come with age. Wisdom, though not always, comes to the experience of a long life. And there's a huge amount of untapped wisdom in older people. And this culture is anti-age. It, it seems that, that, that our families, that, that we don't want to negate, because the Bible talks of, uh, of some strong words about making sure you, you honor the elderly, the wise. In Deuteronomy, in the culture of Israel, it says that, that when an older person was come, they were actually supposed to rise up. They were supposed to give respect for that person. And I know not every person respect, uh, deserves that, 
I mean, uh, their, their life may be, you know, way out. But the, as an older person that we are admonished, and it doesn't say that it qualifies them. If they're old, yeah, we're to respect them. It doesn't mean that we have to completely follow everything that they say. But there is to be a, a respect uh, given. And we should teach our children respect and honor the elderly. We should. We should do that. They have that experience, and we ourselves can show that and demonstrate that in our life. Now, listen, if for no other reason, and you got to get this, if for no other reason you need to respect you, because one day you're going to be old as well. <laughs> and if you raise your children to not respect your grand, grandparents or the older people in your life, and when they get to a place and they're going to turn around and cause disrespect to you because you're old. It's so important for that. I remember a pastor friend that uh, I was just sitting in his church one day, and he was making fun of old people. And I got to think, you know, buddy, and he was young. I said, buddy, you wait till you, when you get old, and if you shepherd a church that way, and you've trained that church to be, make fun of old people, you've got some, uh, uh, a spirit of uh, disrespect coming down your way. It's important for us to... Build a cultural respect for the wise. Last thing, and I want you to get this. Build a cultural respect in our families by, by cultivating a respect in the home. As we look at these things, these are actions that we're talking about, and they're, they're on, done on purpose. It's not left to us. To, to, they are, they are, are steps. They're actions that we, if we're going to have a culture of respect in our home, it has to be on purpose. You have to make that commitment. This is kind of a home that I want to have. I want to have a home that respect each other. I want to have a home that respect the siblings respect each other. The siblings, uh, the children respect the parents. The parents respect the children. The parents respect the grandparents, their parents. The, grand, the children respect uh, uh, other relatives and neighbors. And so this is done on purpose. I heard a story about a big, a big morning at a church service. It was a family dedication service, and the parents had dedicated their four-year-old boy that, that day. And as they pulled out of the church parking lot, they noticed their son was whimpering in the back seat. They asked him what was wrong, and through tears, he said, the preacher said he wanted us to be raised in a Christian home, but I want to stay with you guys. How do we cultivate respect in the home? Well, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24 says, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love and love your children by discipline them. The message is correction. When we see that there's something wrong, that we correct them for that. It is a teaching. It's a loving teaching. It, you know, this verse of correction or discipline in the Bible can be overused and, and abused literally uh, in, in a wrong way, but we're talking about a loving teaching, a correction through love. James Dobson says this, who is a great uh, one who counseled many families and wrote many books on the subject. He says, as a parent, your job early on is to break their will without crushing their spirit. 
You'll be tempted time and time again to weaken and give in and go back on your word. But let me encourage you, parents, don't do that. These kids need to know that there are secure behavioral boundaries established by parents who love them. If you don't discipline, they will not respect any authority, whether it is yours, a teacher's, a police officer's, or God's. This is our responsibility. We must have homes and families that respect authority in our life. But when it comes to God, or when it comes to people in their life, or when it comes to their boss, they won't respect, and they'll have troubles with that in their life. Book of Proverbs is an encouraging a cultural respect in the family. And so it's important for us to, to think of, of areas or perhaps things that we need to have correction in. Building a culture of respect has to be demonstrated. Has to be demonstrated. This is something that is, is taught, but rather caught than taught. You know what I'm saying? Demonstrated. Showing respect for husband. Showing respect for your wife. When I was in early in our marriage when our kids were real small, I remember sitting around the table and I remember just very clear as I was down, know the spot, know the time. And as I talk to my kids and, and there was something that my wife and I were going through and, and, and I, I started to, to, to uh, say some disrespectful things about um, my wife in front of my kids and I thought that, you know, we could, you know, maybe change my wife. And, and we st I started getting them on my side. But then, you know, later on, I regretted that because here's what happened. They saw me disrespecting her. And they started a spirit of disrespect not only to her, but to me as well. It's so important for us to have this respect demonstrated with each other as adults in front of our children. If we have something to talk about and we disagree about something, it's best for that we go uh, to our own uh, side and talk about those things. But we should never disrespect others. I don't care if they deserve it or not. I don't care if your grandparents deserve it or not. Uh, respect is to be given. Respect for our, need, our neighbors, our teachers. You know, when I was going up in school, you know, if, if I had disrespect or I got in trouble at school and I got disciplined at school, and there were times that I did. I got the Board of Education applied to the seat of understanding several times. I experienced that. And you know what? Whenever I experienced that at school, I experienced that at home. I don't remember ever my dad ever taking the side of a teacher. I wish he would have sometimes. Not that they were, I was, you know, they were in the right. I'm not saying anything the, the abusive here, and I know that there are exceptions to the rule to this. But I'm just saying that, that uh, we should, we should uh, honor authority in our, in our kids' life. We should back that authority. We shouldn't talk a, a bad about the police and the government authorities. Here's a verse, if you have a problem with that, Bible's very clear about this. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, it says this. It says, show proper respect to everyone. Everyone. 
We're to respect each other. We can, we can have disagreements. We don't have to agree with everything that we have to say. You don't have to agree with everything that I say. But there ought to be respect given. You know, I can respect for the, I can have and show respect for the person who is far left of the Bible, who is way out there. I can still respect that as a person in my life. Now, here's it. I didn't read the rest of the verse because it says, it says, show respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God or respect God. And it says, honor the emperor. Now, we don't think of an emperor, but, but it, back in when, when Peter was written, in 1 Peter, uh, Peter was written in a time that there was an emperor, there was a king, and this was an ungodly king. And it was a, as a, a king that persecuted Christians. There was some terrible things, a wickedness that legislated, and God says in the scripture and to Peter and to those Christians, you need to honor that person, that emperor. Wow, that's difficult. You honor the position of authority that God has placed in the land. And you just leave that up to God. And we can show respect. You know, you have a boss, you have a coworker, you know, something that, man, it's just terrible. You can, still, you can still disagree, but show respect. That's important for us to do if we're going to have a culture of respect in our homes. There are times when I think God is wrong. Ever thought that? God, <laughs> I know what you're saying, but if you only knew what I knew, you would change your mind. And so you have this argument. But we never allow... God to be and show God disrespect. He is the greatest authority in my life. Parents, to be respected, we must first respect. To be respected, we must first be respected. Building a cultural respect in your family by cor correction and demonstrating in our home. I heard a recent statistic that concerning the impact fathers have on their children. It just, man, it just jumped out at me. It said, when a, when a mother comes to Christ, her family will join her at church about 17% of the time. And that's good. Mothers, you know, if no one else, and if you're a single mom, and that's great. Have, uh, you know, trust God and just allow God to work in your life and your family. And, and I think that's great. It says, but when a father comes to Christ, his family joins him 93% of the time. That's a huge statistic. I say, fathers, you hold, and grandfathers, you hold a position in your, as, as a, of, of influence as beyond any other influences in a, in a person's life. And it's important. Let me, let me say this as well, is that, that, you know, there are children who do not have fathers, but they're looking for father's figure. And if you can fulfill that father figure, man, that's great because then you can have a great influence in that person's life. So I got to start thinking about this as I thinking about a family and uh, my grandfather, who was a first-generation Christian, he came to, to know Jesus Christ as a savior, as a young father, as he had two boys at that time, my dad being one of them. He was the first one on the Jane side to trust in Jesus. My, my grandfather was the spiritual leader in the home. He was a spiritual leader. And I think that's a legacy that I, I can be proud of, and I, I know that may not fit in your, your family legacy, but, but here's, the, here's the thing. You can start today to build a legacy like what I'm getting ready to share. 
My father, my grandfather was a first generation Christian. His brother was an atheist, he died perhaps an atheist. Uh, and so he did not grow up in a Christian environment. My grandfather resisted becoming a Christian because she liked to party and they were par uh, party people. And, but he gave his heart to Jesus and, and God dr dramatically changed his life. They had seven kids. My grandfather had seven kids and all seven became believers. They married believers. And because of that, they all also, the men and the, the fathers became spiritual leaders just like my grandfather. And all their kids became believers in Christ. So three generations of Christians were because of, spiritual, uh, because of, of a person who said, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. They became believers not because they were born into church or because they were baptized as infants or that they chose Jesus or, or because they did communion or anything. They chose Jesus when they became a place of understanding and chose Jesus like my grandfather did, and like many of you have as well. Now, my dad, who became a spiritual leader just like my grandfather, and all my, my siblings, I have two siblings, two sisters, they become believers as well. And all of my nieces and nephew know Jesus Christ. My niece is going to be here. Uh, our niece is going to be here in a couple weeks. She's a believer. She just graduated from school. She's a nurse in, in Tucson. All my, all my siblings and all my nieces and nephews are believers. And I believe that with one of the Key point is, is that because the fathers and the dads of each of these homes said, you know, as this house is going to follow Jesus Christ. And I love it because now I see my kids and I see my kids taking and uh, marrying people who love God. And today I believe all my kids and all my grandchildren are in, in churches because the men have stepped up and said, for me, my house, my family, we're going to serve God. When, when Harold Jane, as a young man, became a Christian, he went to church one of the first times in his life and became a believer there in Wichita, Kansas. He came by himself. My grandmother wouldn't go with him. My two, my, his two sons, one of my dad and one of my uncle, uh, went to church there, and uh, they were in church, three of them. He gives his heart to Jesus Christ. He goes back home. He walks in the door and he says, Edna, I got some good news. I've become a follower of Jesus Christ. My, Ed, my grandmother, who has some Indian in her, <laughs> puts her hands on her hips and said, Harold, it's either Jesus or me. You can't have us both. Now, as a young father who just gave his heart to Jesus Christ, he had a decision to lead his family in respecting God, and it might even cost his marriage. And he said to my grandmother, he said, I can't go back on my word. I've given my heart. I've given my life to Jesus. And she said, fine. Goes into her bedroom puts her clothes in a suitcase, gets in the car, and leaves. My grandfather at that time, as a 20-something-year-old dad, turned to the four-year-old and, 
and the three-year-old um, boys that were watching this and said, boys, we need to pray for your grandmother. And they get down on their knees and they, one of the first prayers as a father to his children to pray for their mother to come back home. And she did after cooling off. And then later on, she became a believer in Jesus Christ. Just saying, guys, this culture needs some men who need to stand up, who need to rise up like men of God. You need to lead your family. You need grandfathers. You need to be spiritual leaders. You don't, don't abdicate that to the mothers, to your wife. The important position that you hold is too important, is too vital, because it, it has to do with the souls, and the character, and the happiness, and the success of not only your children, but their children and their children to come. This is important, man. This is important, man, that we be spiritual leaders at home and lead our homes to respect God. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? So our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Perhaps this morning that this is a decision that you need to make today. I'm talking to men. We need spiritual leaders. We don't need leaders or men that just flow with something. We need men that will say, yes, God, this is kind of home, this kind of family that I want to have. And perhaps today would be the day on this Father's Day. I couldn't think of any better day for you to give your heart, open up to Jesus. But just say, God, I, I want to trust you right now. I want to believe all that you have for me. And you open your heart to him. God, we need your insight to live respectfully in such a world that is so disrespectful. We need you, God, to see what is holy, what is truth, what is right. Lord, help us to gain wisdom to model a good family life. Combining that with love and respect, please help us to have our homes, our churches, every ministry of of church to be in a culture, have respect. In the name of the most respectful name of all names, Jesus Christ, amen.